Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to episode 19 of Phase Zero, comicbook.com's very own Marvel show by Marvel fans for Marvel fans, where we get into the nitty gritty of everything that you know and love and expand it even more to make you a smarter, better Marvel fan. I'm Jim Viscardi. Those of you who listen to the show know (laughs) That this is a big triumph right now. Brandon Davis is out, gone. Kicked him <laughs> off the show and said, this is my show now. I'm tired of the slander. Uh, I'm taking over. No, Brandon is on a much needed vacation. That dude works uh, incredibly, incredibly hard. And so uh, with me today, I have Jenna Anderson and Charlie Ridgely. Uh, Aaron Perrine should be joining us in, in a little bit. But guys, are you ready to talk some Marvel stuff? Absolutely. I'm half expecting this to be just a mostly Moon Knight show. (laughs) I literally messaged Jim earlier. I was like, so are you just, is this going to be like 90% Moon Knight? Like there was a video of Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke running and I expected like like 30 minutes of the show. Yeah. All right. All right. Yes, I have the things that I like. I didn't even put that technically on the rundown today. But if we want to talk about Moon Knight for a little bit, let's talk about uh, Marvel just released some solicits uh, for August. We got some a first look at Moon Knight number two. I know comic book talk on this show. And (laughs) it's got look. Everyone. Here's the thing. I'm the thing I'm excited for about Moon Knight. This show is the first is probably the first of the disney plus shows to introduce a character that almost no one's heard of mm-hmm. and uh and like bring a ton of people and and, and here's the thing the moon knight is a character at its core uh is a, is a pretty nuanced character right so you know he deals with multiple personality uh, uh disorder and um and and, and, and like there, there's there's a lot at play there that i'm very interested to see how Disney plus and Marvel studios handle, but at the same time, like, look, all the other arms of Marvel are getting, getting ready for it. And so we're getting a new comic book series, which is, uh, which is going to be great. We're going to get moon Knight merch, which is going to make me go broke. Uh, but I am here for it, right? Because like when to you're be slowly Knight, rolled out every Friday for look, the yeah, course of the two thing. months, when you are a, October of next year, yep. when you are a Moon Knight fan, <laughs> you don't have to worry about like a lot of merchandise, right? Like t- mm-hmm. if you're watching on, if you're watching live on the show, we stream the show live every Friday, tw- uh, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, you, you can see right behind me, you know, the Moon Knight merchandise is limited, right? Like <laughs> a figure comes out maybe once every couple years uh, and, you know, Funko Pops, you know, come out like he's only got a few, few looks. And so you can only do so much. So like for the, being a Moon Knight fan, you're like your wallet is, is safe. But now that there's a Disney Plus show coming out, it is not safe. And well, you know, I'm just going to be broke. 
So, uh, but anyway, like I said, they, the, these Moon Knight covers are being done by Steve McNiven, who is one of the best in the game. And good golly, Miss Molly, they look good. So you should definitely, if you're getting ready for Moon Knight, I would say that's a great place to to start. Uh, otherwise, if you are looking to get in get into Moon Knight, uh, you know, obviously. Uh, Warren Ellis's uh, run uh, is one that a lot of people look back to. I am very partial to the Vengeance of Moon Knight run. Uh, it's a it's a mix of um, kind of big superhero action and and deals with a lot of stuff. The stuff Jeff Lemire did is great. There's a lot of great Moon Knight stuff out there. There's not a ton of it out there. We're gonna do a lot more Moon Knight stuff as we get closer to the show. So <laughs> don't worry. Are there any specific Moon Knight runs that deal with Dracula? Since that's the <laughs> what everyone thinks is gonna happen with Ethan Hawke. Look, I, you know, I again, I, I don't want to spend a ton of time. Like, I don't want this to be a big Moon Knight episode because everyone's I'm like, just oh, Jim, Jim Show, let's talk about Moon Knight. I think, uh, no, I mean, there is, is there anything in particular with Dracula? Uh, with Dracula? Not really. Like, there's a, a, a small arc here or there that, that deals with him. But Moon Knight is a, is a character that deals in the extraterrestrial, right? And so, like, he debuted in uh you know werewolf by night uh 32 you know ch- you know going after he technically showed up as a villain i guess uh but um he he does a lot of that stuff and you know with obviously with the egyptian god ethos of it like it, it gets really weird really fast uh which which is what kind of makes it a lot of fun but but yeah no as far as like you know dracula and whatever <laughs> um it's a uh, there's not much anyway moon night congratulations that we started the show with that uh so uh this, this show probably structured a little different than, than we normally do uh, you know we got we got a bit of news this week and so i kind of want to just take us take a minute to slow down usually we, we burn through the news because we have you know either shows to talk about or, or whatever uh, and we do have a show to talk about we are going to talk about modok uh in just a little bit uh i want to Go, like I said, go through some of the uh, news. The uh, Spider-Man account trolled the internet, as it often does. Uh, it's one of those, uh, you know, the Spider-Man account is slowly, you know, reaching level of like Wendy status and, <laughs> and, and things like that, where it just like, you know, uh, you know goes to, to troll. And so obviously we are all waiting for a Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. And uh, we got the, the the dad joke of all tweets where... The, the Spider-Man account retweeted a picture of uh, a trailer with Spider-Man on it and said, oh, here you go. How's this? I feel like another big show did that or big movie did that like recent, like in the last year. Mm-hmm. Aaron's here. Aaron! Yay! There we go. Welcome, Aaron. Um, yeah, I, I, honestly, I think it was probably the Spider-Man one for uh, yeah. Far From Home way back when. Like, <laughs> hey, I think, there's some I think they're reusing like, uh, jokes at this new, point, but that's fine. A shiny new trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was an animated thing. Oh, okay. This is they're dropping. Oh, no, no, it was Space Jam. It was Space Jam. Oh, it was yes, dropping it was. a trailer. Oh, Wiley, right. Roadrunner yes. dropped a trailer on Wiley Coyote. Yeah. yeah. We're just all uh, like resting on dad jokes at this point. Yeah, basically. I think one of the things, too, is uh, one of the, the things that, that the internet notices because the internet does not sleep and the internet does not miss uh, miss a thing is that uh, a number of the international uh, Sony accounts and Spider-Man accounts all changed their banners to say Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. And so now we're all thinking, are we going to get a trailer soon? Are we going to get a first look? Are we going to get something? I mean, we got we got some of that EW stuff. Uh, a little bit ago where we got some of those first photos and things like that. A trailer may be around the corner. Maybe. Thoughts? I, I, is, see do, it being like, 
I think it'll be closer to Black Widow because it's it's the thing of like if if you're going to go see one movie this summer and ideally in Marvel and Sony's mind it would be Black Widow then like we're just going to promote it while you're there and then that way they can run the trailer like through every other summer movie that comes out so I don't know I could see us like getting a poster between now and then but I feel like it's going to be a slow drip of information even though as we've stated on the show before we kind of know everything about this movie like we know so many people who are allegedly in this movie already and yet we know nothing. Yeah. I think the the chat is mentioning that like we also have to get Eternals first. And yeah. so that I agree, right? Like it, it all, it the- all depends on on if Sony is making this decision or if Marvel's making this decision. Yeah. Correct. You know, because Sony I, that's I can, the thing too. I'm uh, trying to remember when we got some of the Spider-Man ones, if they were attached to the to big Sony vehicles. Um because I could or, see Sony just putting something out before Marvel even puts out Eternal stuff, because that's yeah. a very Sony-esque thing to, to do. <laughs> yeah. But the, so many of the big Sony movies in 2021, I guess big-ish, have all been sold to Netflix. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, they have Peter Rabbit, which doesn't really feel like <laughs> no, that's a not prime weird. time for no. a Spider-Man trailer. Uh, Ghostbusters is until the fall, right? Yeah. yeah so it feels like everything is by the fall because it's like Venom is in like September or October. So Hotel Transylvania. Yeah. Like that's, there's not a, there's not a tent pole Sony thing. Yeah. I mean, you have, you, you have Fast 9, F9, mm-hmm. whatever is the, the biggest movie. And yeah. that's in a month from now. Yeah. So maybe that's maybe that's it. Maybe maybe it. that's maybe that's where we get it. Because I would imagine, if anything, we get Eternals with Black Widow. Like that yeah. feels like it would make sense. Yeah. Um. But uh, if but it's yeah, coordinated so. with Marvel, it might be a while. But if it's not, I think around F nine time could be the earliest that we see it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there we go. Quick question for everyone. Let's pull the room. Let's we'll bring up the start uh, talking <laughs> about the chat now. Uh, who has who here has watched Modok? I've seen the first three episodes. I watched them this morning. First episode. Aaron, have you seen any of it yet? I haven't, but I've heard wonderful things from Adam okay. and everyone else. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit about uh, we'll talk a little bit about Hulu, or not Hulu. We'll talk a little bit about uh, <laughs> Modoc, and um, it's it's an interesting. This show comes at an interesting time, right? This show was announced with three other shows that we were supposed to get that all have all since been canceled. And no, no hit monkey is hit still monkey. happening. Oh, hit right's right. Hit yeah. monkey. The, the, the show that they announced and then we never heard from again. Yep. But Kevin Smith's Howard the Duck does not exist anymore. Yeah. And that's the biggest disappointment yeah. of them all. Right. Yep. And then I guess that, that other the other one was New Mutants. Or not New Mutants. No, New it Warriors, was um, right? Tiger and Dazzler. Oh, yeah. they were, they were yeah. all animated. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, um, the New Warriors was was it still ABC family or was it yeah, freeform it was, at that point? It was in that like weird window yeah. where they kind of were both, but yeah. Cause then it was, like, that was announced before of, cloak and dagger. Yeah. All the yeah. animated ones were supposed to like then combine in their own like defender style crossover, which like obviously is not. Oh yeah. It was uh, the, the offenders. offenders. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 I'll say, I'll say yeah. So anyway, so like this is the one lone survivor uh, of, uh, of it all. Right. And it, and it comes at a time where look, these more adult-ish driven uh, animated style superhero shows are really starting to catch on, uh, you know, with, with Harley Quinn, with Invincible, uh, you know, now we've got MODOK. Um, and, you know, it's obviously the most toned down 
of uh, of the other two shows that we just talked about, but it is delightful in in its own in its own way. So it's uh, it's done in the the robot chicken style of anime, you know, slow uh, stop motion animation. Um, obviously, they you know they have a bunch of uh, you know some VFX and stuff that that are going there. Uh, Patton Oswalt it was basically born to to voice <laughs> Modok, and and I think that, like when when you think about it too. I don't know if it only is yes. Do you think we'll see a a live action Modoc? I feel like we might, but it would be in a place that would be much smaller scale of like, that's always been a character where I'm like, throw him in one of the Ant-Man movies or something, (laughs) or like some just sort of like weird offshoot franchise to where you can still have Modoc exist in the MCU, but it's not like a huge, he's not like a huge pivotal villain. So I, and I just seeing how much Patton Oswalt cares about this character of like, he's writing the <laughs> comics, he's voicing the character. Like he, he wants to play him in live action. I'm just like, this feels like a match made in heaven. Like if they don't put him in something, it's going to be a disservice because he is just a perfect choice. Yeah. If, I don't know. if ahead, Marvel Joe. had its own legends of tomorrow type yeah. situation, yeah, like <laughs> where it is just, it's purposefully bizarre. Yeah. That's the place to do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, be that like would Marvel's be if Marvel Bebo. would ever make an exile show like that's yes. what, that's what it would be like. It would yeah. be Legends of Tomorrow. But uh, Aaron, what are your thoughts? Do you think we'll ever get Modoc in live action? I, I kind of want it to be like Jenna said, like in one of these like weird Disney Plus things where it's not like the stakes are not huge. I, I, I while she was talking, I thought about like, man. If you can give me Squirrel Girl series, yes. and that's what it, that's what it leads to. I'd yes. be about that. <laughs> I don't think this will happen, that. but I do want to throw one thing out there that fits all these criteria of being weird and not having any stakes. There is a live action Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, yeah, that is happening. Uh, and yeah. no. Gunn and Watiti seem like the kind of minds that are going to do a thing with a character like Modok. So here's here's the thing. I you know. Marvel has this collection of really weird characters, right? Like, you know, Aaron just mentioned one squirrel girl, uh, you know, and you've got Modoc and whatnot that like are darlings are fan darlings. And, um, but to me, I think Modoc is best served in a, in a show like this. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and I, and I, and I love it for that because I, because what I don't think you have to be careful of is, uh, you know, for those who have played the Marvel Avengers game that, that Modoc is a part of, like he's, uh, he, he, he looks great, right? In, <laughs> in that, I just don't know how you put that next mm-hmm. to, you know, you know, a, 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 a Sam Wilson's Captain America and, and take it seriously, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, like, I, it has to be a comedy, yeah. right? <laughs> So, uh, so anyway, uh, this Hulu show, I've only, you know, uh, I've only watched the first three episodes. <coughs> um, sorry, excuse me. Uh, but I am, but, but I love it. It's, it's wonderfully quirky. Um, it is a great, it'll be a great show to, to kind of watch, um, uh, from week to week. And we'll talk about it a little more. It's not a show that lends itself to theories or, or, or yeah. you know, things like that, but like it does lend itself to cameos and Easter eggs. And, uh, and like, and that's where a lot of the fun is going to be in this show. What, what, what are some of your other thoughts guys? 
there are some deep cuts in the show. Like just seeing the first three episodes, I was astonished of like, I don't even know this alien that's being introduced. Like this whole (laughs) thing is completely foreign to me. And the fact that they're pulling that many deep cuts is really impressive. And then like I tweeted about it this morning at the end of every episode, they promote the MODOK comic book that Patton and Jordan Blum, the showrunner co-wrote. And I'm like Mm -hmm. more projects with the big two need to do that of like, Hey, you watch the show now immediately go read the comic. Because I feel like, especially with a character like MODOK, who isn't necessarily a household name, the idea of, immediately having a thing of like go read this and you'll have a better understanding of him if you like the show like more publishers and more companies need to do that because it's such a great way to like foster this love for your character and especially yeah. in the world of streaming like there's no yeah. way there's no reason why disney plus couldn't have like at the end of an episode of falcon winter soldier a a link to yeah directly to marvel.com to a the digital comics or whatever yeah. uh, i jumped in really quick i'm sorry aaron was about to say something <laughs> oh i i was just gonna say like it if you have it set up where, you know, like these sort of deep cut things that also engenders like a love for comics. Like I was thinking yeah. about like uh, over the pandemic, like some of the time I've spent uh, my, one of my favorite DC things ever is Batman, the brave and the bold. It's so fun. There's just all the C and D list villains that they could possibly dig out of like your omnibus just looking. And I'm like, Marvel should have projects that focus on the weirder people. Like mm-hmm. give me uh, like, you know, uh, what, God, what is the spot? Jim, do you know the Spider-Man comic where um, I think it's uh, Rain, where they have a disco? Um, what's <laughs> oh, this, what's disco? yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh! It was, and that, God, that that storyline is freaking weird, weird. As, as hell, too. So that's definitely a. Uh, 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 that's it. Chat, Hypno Hustler, Hypno Hustler. Yes, I'm like, how that's has it. this happened already? Like, why has mm-hmm. this existed? Um, yeah. So yeah. No, yeah, and, and that's and again, like that's the thing. Like it's uh, you know, the if it's a show you've been on the fence for, I say just just like go it go in and, and dive in. I I wouldn't even want to um you know, even go into like what the story is about for you. Cause I think it's just one of those things that it's better to just, just know that, know that it's good. And then, and, and, and just, jump and, right and in. maybe also know that it's like very R rated. Yes. Yes. Just kind of know that going in. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> if you're yes. not expecting that, there's some surprises. Yeah. The, yeah. the only thing, the only thing I wish, and it's a feature that uh, Amazon prime has that I wish like other streaming services mm-hmm. had. So like when I was watching um, invincible and like, mm. if you tap your, if you're watching it oh, on yeah. an iPad or, on or on a laptop, you know, the, 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 it gives you like, facts basically like it'll it'll give you a list of everyone who is you know uh is in the scene voicing right but it'll also give you like trivia facts about the scene and like changes that were made for the show in the comic like i wish that they (laughs) they had that feature for this show because this show is so just jam-packed with just a fun easter a ton of easter eggs and references uh and so like you know if you are a marvel fan definitely go out and, and check it out it's on hulu available now uh and there, that's the, there's the MODOK discussion. All right. You know, if you use that feature with Invincible, that x-ray feature where it shows you all the people, you can take any Invincible episode at any point in any episode, you can pull that up and find Ross Marquand's IMDb page. <laughs> <laughs> that man voices, I mean, 90% Everybody. of the characters on yeah. that show. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, uh, all right. Uh, before we go and take a quick break, uh, we, uh, I saw something that came across my, my Twitter feed and good golly, Miss Molly, these things are not pretty. So, okay, look, I'm going to caveat this with, 
I like Funko Pops. I think they are fun, affordable, nice entry level type collectibles for uh, you know for for fans of of all genres, right? Like you don't have to be a comic fan. You don't have to you know be whatever. Uh, except when they do something like this. Rich, can you pull it up on the screen for us? So this is their new uh, artist uh, icon series. Rich is Rich is pulling it up, and like I, I swear these. These are something. There's a Captain Marvel one. There's a Spider-Man one. There is a Captain America one and uh, something else. Here they are. Uh, there's a Spider-Man one. These are the, uh, the only available at Target. I don't know who these are for. <laughs> so like, they, they did it. They did a similar thing with Disney. Yeah. Where like, but they're, they've been really cool. Like Star Wars too, where they're like, this is just the same logo over and over again. And that makes it look really <laughs> weird. Like there's a sorcerer Mickey that's like dripping paint and all kinds of, it's like a really yeah. weird style. Mm -hmm. There's a, um, there was like a weird camo Boba Fett that was like crazy color. Like there's been really cool versions of something like, like this. The artist, yeah. For the artist yeah. series stuff. This I don't get. No, <laughs> I, I saw these on, on Instagram yesterday and I was just like, I like, this feels like there was a brief period a couple of years ago where Funko got really into like wood grain pops of like pops that just look like oh, they're made yeah. out of wood. And like, this has the same energy to me. And like these and the street <laughs> art ones from like, uh, from like last year where it was just like a character, a pop in front of a background and you almost can't see the pop because there's just like graffiti written all over it. It's like, this is something that theoretically could be cool, but it does not translate in my mind to a three-dimensional pop and i'm just like waiting for like a paint error or something to completely screw one of these up and just make it look awful yeah. and I'm, it's just like i i don't know i'm not a big variant person of just unnecessary like new coats of paint on the same pop but like these especially i'm just like why yeah it's like the chrome ones yeah, the, yeah. Chrome I just, ones I under, the chrome ones yeah. i understand but, but i tell you what my favorite subline of marvel like funko pops are the uh the black light ones uh yes. i don't know if you you've seen those but those are charlie you've got them right you've got a, a bunch ones? of them the, the black, black light, light ones like the ones that like don't you have them in a box <laughs> right, I, got, I guess i thought you did no i've got a light box up here that has oh, like right. the box has lighting yeah. in it fair enough it's above my no. captain america poster there are oh yeah there's right yeah, uh, no there's there's a line of them that like that like are all yeah. that are black light and those are really really cool well um, also because just like on their own they just look like a jack kirby kind of inspired yes. aesthetic it's like that i don't even need to use a black light to appreciate the aesthetic here whereas like this one just looks like you wrapped it in like weird vinyl that i don't <laughs> i don't really see a reason why it's just i don't know like there's there's artistic ways to do a variant and then there's these they look like the, the 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 ones we just showed look like uh like binders I would get for uh like either trading cards or yep. or whatnot. But Aaron, you look like you were about to say something. Dude. <laughs> 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 it was like no, oh my god. Um I I'm just laughing at like uh was it Freeman Steven 24 saying that it's a where's Waldo pop because exactly because from any distance I can't tell what's going on. I don't know. Except for that I'm like, oh Spider-Man, like, yeah, I guess. Right. No, it's a, it's a magic eye. You need to hold it real close to your like, face. I don't want to display oh, those were no. dope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, so those are those are the uh, the ugly uh, ugly fungal pops that uh, destroyed my morning. Um, uh, but uh, but anything. Uh, let's go. Let's take a quick sixty second break. We'll be back. We'll go through some more news and some more uh, some more fun discussions. We'll be back in sixty.
Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. So Sebastian Stan has been doing um, uh, some more interview rounds uh, as of late. And in a recent interview with Variety had mentioned uh, someone asked him the question on what is your take on, uh, you know, super fans stands and, and them uh, shipping, uh, you know, you with various characters. Uh, and in this case, uh, Sam, uh, Sam and Bucky and uh, look, Sebastian Stan, he's here for him. He is here for them. Uh, and I think in the, in the quote, he goes, he goes, look, I'm just happy that the relationship is embraced and it should be embraced in whatever way or fashion that people desire and want it to be. That's the correct answer to that question. I agree. 100%. It's, like it's certainly the best way to answer that question. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, like, it's, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> I am sorry. I am just I have a dry throat today. Um, you finally get to host and you can't even talk. I know. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, no, but I think here, here, this is one of those things where, um, like, fandom, fandom grows in very unique, in very unique ways, uh, and and you can never tell with anything how how or where it's going to go, right? And so, um, for you know, for, for this to happen and, you know, and like, like I said, people were shipping Bucky and Steve and, uh, and all that and, and all, all whatever, you know, very vari- variations, permutations you want to make. Um, this is, uh, it's just, it's just a cool, it's a cool way for, you know, just know that the actors are like, yep, no, I get it. And like, I'm here for it. I it's the same it. thing. I mean, we, we watched, you know, Oscar Isaac and John Boyega, like completely <laughs> embrace that. I don't know if it was, I think it was partly like a, a defiance of, what star Wars became with rise of Skywalker and everything that they kind of went through there, but like they were fully on the, you know, the Finn Poe train by the end of it. And, you know, like Stan's been in Sebastian Stan's been in Marvel long enough. Like, yeah, he, he's having fun with everything. And yeah, like we all know that Marvel's never going to make Sam and, and Bucky a, a couple, but like that's, part of the fun of fandom is seeing you seeing different stories in things and for the actors to then like be happy about that and not like fight against it and not like turn it down. Just be like, yeah, like it should be what we want it to be and it should be how we enjoy it. Like that's a really cool thing to see from, from someone like Sebastian Stan. 
Yeah, I think like since he's been in the franchise for so long and like as somebody who kind of cut my teeth on the internet shipping um, Steve and Bucky, like I I feel like this is definitely the good approach to it. And I'm really glad that he has this outlook because like I look at shows like Supernatural and Sherlock that kind of like had a much different relationship with their fans and especially with the fans who would then ship um, like queer relationships on the show. And they would kind of like use that to their advantage of like Supernatural in particular. It's like we're going to kind of just like like string you along for 15 years and then never have this really mean anything and so I think Bucky and um, I think Sebastian just kind of acknowledging like people will gravitate whatever what they want out of Bucky and his time in the MCU and so like just there's really no way of going about it like I think that's a much Mm -hmm. better approach than just kind of being like no homo yeah absolutely Um, I I will say that ship does not make as much sense to me as Bucky and Steve mm mm-hmm just based on, I mean, part of it was the longevity of that. Well, I yeah. think but, uh, like I've, I've spoken to like Tumblr's trend expert because um, Sam mm-hmm. Bucky is like a huge thing there. And like it, a lot of it is the kind of like antagonist to lovers aspect of it. Yeah. Of, like they start out kind of at, at like at war with each other and then they eventually develop this bond. And I think it's just this thing of like we're so not used to seeing just like healthy masculine relationships on TV right. of like just two dudes just having a very good relationship with each other. And so like if people want to interpret that romantically or just platonically, like it's kind of up to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get to some some Loki news. We got Loki coming in just uh, just a little bit. We got a new, uh, I guess, uh, you know, TV spot, I guess is what you can call it. Uh, and in it, we uh, get to further, um, you know, we get to further fall in love with Miss Minutes. Uh, we get to see a, a we get to see just how in shape Tom Hiddleston is. Uh, which, uh, which everyone was uh, crazy happy about. And, uh, and honestly, like I've, I've always been excited for Loki seeing more and more of this stuff has me incredibly hyper excited for, for Loki. I just, what this show has the potential to be. And that's the thing to write. Like, I don't want to like hype it up to this gigantic thing. And then if it you know ultimately lets everyone down and be like, well, it was supposed to be great, but like, I'm going into this feeling pretty com- pretty confident uh, that that I think we're go- this is going to be a show that we're going we're going to like. Um, Tom Hiddleston just bleeds and, and just drips chari- like just the right kind of charisma and like smarmy charisma that is that is just so so exciting. So uh, having seen some of the marketing and stuff, are you guys still are equally as hyped? Am I overhyping Loki? What are do I need to? tamp down my expectations we feel no i'm there i'm right there with you i honestly i love how the selling point of the show is like not really plot or like the season-long arc like we really know nothing going into the show other than these little vignettes but it's like we're just selling it on like tom hiddleston being shirtless which i feel like is the best marketing decision (laughs) for marvel to make and then it's just like him and owen wilson interacting with each other even if you stripped away like the marvel of it all the idea of putting the two of them in a thing together and having them act against each other that is going to be a huge selling point for people and so like when you mix that with the like weird ominous aesthetic of the show it's like i don't know what i'm getting because i know there was a quote from the director the other day that like the influences of the show were blade runner and teletubbies which is a (laughs) combination of things that i never would have heard in the same sentence ever in in a million years and so the fact that that seems to be the vibe and they're just going with it i'm like whatever they're gonna do i'm gonna be excited for aaron thoughts it's oh sorry sorry i was just gonna going down i I waited for the silence (laughs) um i'm just excited because i think that if this goes over the way we all think it's going to go over, 
Like it's going to be pretty much proof positive that the weirder aspects of Marvel are where they should probably focus a lot of their time. Like the, the more grounded things seem to be like a little bit harder to pull off sometimes in this like TV format and Mm -hmm. going as far out as possible, pushing a boat out is probably the way to go. I mean, I, I don't know. Like like Jim said, this it feels like we're running into like an in-game situation where all of the stuff from the, the trailers and things could be from the first 15 minutes of the first episode. And then the rest of it's just insane. Like the Pompeii <laughs> thing could be from the first 10 minutes of the first episode. We just don't know. So I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be interesting to see for sure. Yeah. Charlie? I mean, I'm honestly wishing, I'm hoping that there's not as much story because I just want to watch Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson just in a room together for as long as possible. <laughs> um, like that's, that is the biggest thing like, for me. If this just ends um, up being a, a really weird and bizarre season of a uh, true detective, I'm okay with that. Right. Well, like I've been the, using, the season like, thing. Yeah. No, ahead, I've Jenna, been sorry. trying to explain it to people. Like I, like my boyfriend and I explained it to his mom of like, it's very doctor who esque of like, mm-hmm. it seems like each episode is going to kind of veer off into its own weird storyline. But then by and large, the plot is just kind of all of those hijinks. Right. And it, so th- my two thoughts kind of one piggybacking off what Jim said. And then uh, Jenna, you kind of brought another idea to my, my mind. You know, this is the first time, the first of these shows, it's like, oh, this, this could be a multi season thing. And we all, I think, are kind of expecting that. Mm-hmm. Like the other shows were like, here's this period in time where we're going to tell this story from what we've seen in the movies. And that's what we have to do. This is completely its own because of the multiverse and the timelines and stuff. And that kind of leads me into like, not why do we need what if, but like, it's interesting that they chose to do this and what if around the same time. Cause this feels like a, what if scenario yeah. of like, we're going to go to different eras, different timelines, different, you know, multiverse play different universes and explore what's happening there with a character that we really love. And we all think is hilarious. Like we could have seen, the Peggy Carter, Captain America in there, you know, we could have seen a, a thing with a zombie. Like this could have just been a full on what if show. So, but, and so it makes me really curious as to what it is going to be because they're doing what if. Well, so, but that's one of the things too, because just yesterday there was another interview with Feige where Feige basically said, he goes, part of the fun of the multiverse and playing with time is seeing other versions of characters and other versions of the titular character in particular. So obviously we know we're going to see other versions of Loki like that is a thing, but like, you know, but Feige straight out says like, we may see other versions of characters, which Charlie are exactly right. Feels more like a, what if thing uh, than, than anything else. And so it'll be interesting to see. There's no way we don't see some kind of Thor in this. Like there's for one episode, for one scene, even like there's, I feel like there's no way. Yeah. And they've kept a lot of secrets with this show, you know, that more so than I feel like they did the two other shows. Um, You know, if we thought WandaVision had theories, man, this is going to (laughs) be, well, and again, but like, and, and Jenna brought bounds. up, Jenna brought up another great point too, where she basically, you know, like this feels more like a show made for television, um, in the same way that WandaVision inevitably, I think, became more of a show fit for television. Like the first couple episodes, obviously, you know, did their thing, but even still, I would say the later episodes still felt very episodic, you know, very episodic in nature, you know, problem of the week kind of thing while telling an overall thing uh, where Falcon Winter Soldier wasn't necessarily that right. Like that definitely felt like a movie that was chopped up a little bit. Um, and, uh, and here, you know, like I said, I think this, this is where that, that's what gets me excited for this. I, I love, I'm a huge sucker for procedurals. Um, and so 
Uh, this number one blacklist fan. I know. Right, right now, look, I'm a, like I said, I'm a huge, <laughs> huge procedurals fan. So uh, that's just it. That, that's what that's what gets me uh, excited uh, for this one. So, but that said, like you know, Feige just open, you know, cracked open that door just a little bit wider. We may start seeing some alternate uh, characters. Um, like, look, maybe this is where we get that that rumored uh, Chris Evans cameo. It's probably not, but. Feige said Feige's making it uh, that's, that's the possibly thing is that, possible. Like, when it was WandaVision, like we, there was all the Mephisto stuff. So like, well, maybe this is a Doctor Strange. There, while there were so many ideas, there was still a limited pool of like, okay, this could not, like, there's no way that Steve Rogers would be in this show because that wouldn't mm-hmm. make any sense at all. Right. This, there truly is not a boundary or a limit. Oh, I know. To what could happen, to yeah. what could be explored. And that's, part of why it's so enticing like Like, i said there's just you don't know what's gonna what they're gonna do like it's weird to me i'm like a huge fan of the squadron supreme and it's weird that like there's been this theory for years of like loki could maybe introduce them and like the fact that that feels plausible and like something that i could realistically look forward to and potentially expect on the show when that would have seemed like unheard of five or so years ago is like i am just on board whatever they bring in i know it's going to be the weird minutia from the comics and the mcu itself that like nobody is expecting yeah. What's no. the absolute weirdest, most insane Marvel thing that you hope, like, e- even if you don't think it's going to happen, like just the thing from comics that you're like, I could never see this anywhere, but this show, like, what's I, the thing you want to see? For me, Man the Squadron thing. Supreme is kind of that because it's like the idea of just kind of embracing, like, this is the Marvel universe's version of the justice league and like all of the kind of caveats that come with that and the way that they would tell that story in live action based on like what people have as preconceived notions for the justice league. It's like, if they could pull that off in the show, I would be so happy. Even if it's just like Hyperion and a couple of other characters, it's like, if they do their own version of it, I'm on board for could whatever you imagine they do. though. In like five years, Marvel put it, making a squadron Supreme movie. Oh, I would be like, so like Marvel happy. basically making justice league. Like that yeah. would just, <laughs> They could do it. There's enough lore that they could realistically do their own version if they really wanted to. Oh, for sure. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw this out. Think about it. Because if it's ever gonna be in live action, this is the place to do it. Maybe in a season two, as as like the villain that Loki has to track down. If there is a place to do the cosmic ghost rider, yeah. It is on this Loki show with the TVA. (laughs) Like imagine you know, the first season he's fixing some mistakes, the second season they're like, oh, there's some big problem because someone killed Thanos at the end of time and (laughs) Then Loki and Owen Wilson have to just track down flamified Frank Castle, like on a cosmic bike. You want to get crazy? Let's get crazy. I love it. Yeah. Aaron? Just randomly and just to infuriate everybody, I guess, just Uh bringing back all the Netflix defenders and having a fight with them in an episode. That just to light the internet on fire, just throw the match oh. and it's going on. Like, that's what I want to see. That would be yeah. insane. <laughs> I think uh, I, I love I, I love that idea. Uh, but before before I go into to because I, I, I mumbled it under my breath just before, but I'll say my mine in just a second. But the thing that I don't know if Marvel is committing to or not with these Disney Plus shows is making big reveals like that on the shows. I think those are ones that like they, they need to stay save uh, for, for the theater blockbusters and, and all that. But man, I would love that. I would, that's uh, you're right. It's a great way to, to pull them in and bring them in. Uh, mine. Um, 
Mine was man thing, uh, because that is just a, as strange of a uh, Marvel entity as as you can get. Uh, but one that realistically kind of would fit in in the whole, you know, dimension hopping thing. And, you know, if he just shows up in the background, I, I would not be surprised if he is mentioned in mm-hmm. the show. Um, Doctor Strange multiverse is where it kind of feels like he would fit. Yeah. Right. Too. Like in addition to well, Loki, like that, that kind right. of. And so, and so much, and we'll move on to the next topic where like the big thing that came out this week on the, the rumored big villain of Dr. Strange two is Shuma Gorath. And look, we're talking about big, weird things that you never thought we'd see on, uh, on TV, <laughs> a giant one eyed multi-tentacled kind of, you know, interdimensional being that's as almost as weird as you get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so especially if like the nature of that art like the report about it said like Schumagrath is hunting down America Chavez because like she can control the multiverse and he wants it for himself and so like the idea of this massive tentacled beast being like I want that teenage girl <laughs> like I'm gonna go fight the multiverse <laughs> for that teenage girl it's like this movie could like that would be amazing that is I'm yeah. I'm in regardless of whatever happens from there that's enough of a plot to sell me on the movie <laughs> Like if you think about Ewan McGregor from from Birds of Prey, but then like yes. make him Shuma Gorath. Yes. Like that's all. That's what they're going for. It feels yep. like it's like they saw that Suicide Squad trailer and it's like, oh, okay. Uh huh. Starfish, <laughs> meet a uh, meet big tentacle creature. Yep. Let them yeah. fight. <laughs> they <laughs> <laughs> think, but they, like, like that. It's it's just so. You know, and we, we've kind of mentioned it a little bit here, here and there throughout the whole show. But like, we're at a point now with the MCU that all of this weird stuff doesn't seem so far off, mm-hmm. and that's kind of amazing. I love it, honestly. It has to get weird. Like, it, <laughs> yeah. there's, it can't. With Endgame, like that wasn't an open door to do all the weird stuff. But you think about like a twenty year span of movie or a ten year span of movies, twenty some movies. It's like you have to do something different if you want to if you want to go forward past the endgame really felt like the perfect ending to a saga. The MCU could have stopped after endgame. And I mean, it would have been complete and whole and and great. And they're going to continue, which I'm glad about. But like you can't just make more Iron Man movies, you know, like you got to you got to change the status quo. And then the Disney Plus shows have really done a good job of that but it has to extend to the movies too and that's you know you look at thor 4 you look at doctor strange you know the eternals those are movies that are feel very different from what we've already got and that's what's going to have to happen on a regular basis even when you mix in stuff like like you know shang chi is a bunch of new characters and i think some of those sequences in that trailer are like okay this might actually go in a completely different direction and that's what i hope but even if it is just a, a an action movie you know it works as long as there are other things that are changing the tone and changing the direction. There has to be variety going forward or this, this whole thing kind of starts to feel stale real quick. Right. But even then we have like giant CG wolves and like the toys have revealed like we <laughs> right. have a giant dragon. So it's like, even if this right. movie is a very There's like those two level, scenes in the trailer where yeah. they're like, it's like, oh, this is, I'm very intrigued by that. That's a whole you can tell this is the like, opposite <laughs> shot of something that is very cool. Uh-huh. Just out yeah. of the shot. 
Yeah. Like I was writing an article about this last night that's going to go live on the site in a couple of weeks of like, it feels like when the MCU started, it was very much the like world outside your window mentality of like, we're going to make action movies that are kind of, they're fantastical when they need to be, but they're still based in this kind of action movie reality. And it's like, we've gotten so far beyond that with like Guardians and Ragnarok and Infinity War to where it's like, everything is just able to, there's like no status quo. Like you can, you can throw in gigantic kaiju and like gigantic wolves. And like, you've gotten to the point where audio love a talking tree and a talking raccoon and are <laughs> very emotional about those characters so it's like at that point you can sell audiences on basically anything at this point mm-hmm. i mean post blip yeah the the ordinary world is kind of gone yeah Aaron, what, what what about the future of the mcu has get, gets you excited um i i think it's what you guys are hinting at where it's like literally anything is possible you know like whatever even five or six years ago you're, there were just some things where you're like that's just not gonna happen like you know mm-hmm. that's not going down but now like literally like any any weird thing that you enjoy from the comics that you could think of like is absolutely on the table like i've been kidding with spencer all the time like we gonna remember this when uh sam wilson turns into fucking cap wolf yep. uh in Captain yep. america 4 we're gonna remember remember this i'm like when they make uh, what's the what's the uh, God? What's the name of it? I always joke around about it with you guys, and then it actually they actually just brought it back. What's the name of that '90s event where they're inside the pocket dimension? Heroes were born. Yeah, oh, yeah. Heroes when Heroes were born yeah. happens as as Avengers Five. Don't at me. You know what I mean? And the fact that that can actually happen is nuts. Uh-huh. It's and it's joke. not just the weird stuff too. It, it's the it's the the Isaiah Bradley of it. Yeah, like, exactly. Never thought they do. Like actual yeah. Isaiah Bradley, like you yeah. know, a name drop or something, but like they did real Isaiah Bradley yeah. in the MCU. <laughs> Charlie, when the report came down, I'm like, I won't believe it till I see it. I'm like, you'll be in like 15 minutes of it. There's no way, man. And then it's, it's, the whole, it's like he was in multiple episodes in the main part of the thing. I was like, this is insanity. I couldn't yeah. believe it. I think it's this balance between like absolute visual and like narrative craziness. And then also this like emotion, which I like just one more thing I'll say about that is like, as an X-Men fan, I feel like the MCU is at this point now where I feel comfortable with them introducing the X-Men because the X-Men is this perfect blend of absolute weird powers and weird mythology and weird events, but also emotion and heart and like real issues. And I feel like, with the way that the MCU is building now post Endgame, I trust them to bring in the X-Men and mm-hmm. do them correctly because it feels like the foundation for that level of like unembarrassed weirdness is just there. The crazy thing it, about it, it's you- like a weird blend of Falcon Winter Soldier and Thor Ragnarok of like exactly. those yeah. two polar opposite things, like making one connected story. That's yeah. really cool. It, it's also evident in the text too, because now we're getting to a point where people have their comics accurate costumes. Yes, like they're exactly. not afraid for it to be goofy or like yeah. weird looking on screen anymore. They're like, yeah. no, no, no. Like, Captain America's just going to have wings. Wanda's going to be rolling around with like the headdress and the whole shot. Like, this is what we're doing now, you know? Yeah. Exactly. You know what's so crazy though? Like when they finally introduced the X-Men, like we're going to get to a point where like we're going to be able to like basically alternate months for different movies, right? Like mainline Marvel <laughs> yep. hero in January, X-Men yep. movie in February, another Marvel movie in, uh, in March. And then like literally just swap off for, for years to come. And that is just like the, the absolute nuttiest thing. The other thing too, right. That that's a, that's a, an exciting thing to look forward to is 
Marvel traditionally in the comics has not, uh, not up until very recently has handled the idea of legacy, right. And, and, and legacy characters and, and whatnot. And it, it almost felt like, they saw they are not going to be able to keep their actors for as long as they want for, you know, for certain stuff. And so that like they needed to start getting, you know, some of the legacy stuff up and running that like that future and those possibilities are so, uh, you know, uh, unlimited and, and untapped potential that like, that is going to be stuff that, you know, my five-year-old now is going to be growing up on and be like, you know, her, her Iron Man is going to be way different than, uh, than my Iron Man and, you know, and vice versa. And it's just going to, it's so wild to think And you that. see some of these, these not no name performers, but like not huge stars getting, you know, Riri was cast and yeah. I, you know, she was a fairly, you know, unknown actor. Same with, you know, same with Kamala. And, you know, what they did with uh, um, Danny Ramirez. Yeah. And like, because you, th- you think about, you've had all these big actors come in, you know, I mean, I, uh, Chris Emsworth and, and Tom Hiddleston weren't as big when they came yeah, in. But exactly. like, Sebastian Stan was relatively unknown. He got like a, what, a, a 10 or 11 movie contract, like out of the gate. So they like, they had him locked down for a decade or more. And I'd love to see what some of these like young actors contracts look like, because it's like, when you hit the, the MCU, you become huge. And you take off, but like they also they need you for a bunch of stories. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, how many things is Kamala Khan signed up for right now? Like, right? Does she have yeah. a thirteen? You look at like <laughs> yeah. baseball baseball players right now. Like, you know, Bryce Harper got like that thirteen year contract or something. Mm-hmm. It's like all of these young actors are you know are signing away their lives to be this character, but you know they're also really excited about being that character. So it's a cool thing to like think about how this is going to go over the next decade without Robert Downey Jr. Without, for the most part, if at all, you know, Chris Evans without Scarlett Johansson, like how they navigate these younger you know, characters and these legacy characters, you know, that you oh. talked about. Right. And then we got a viewer, uh, viewer on YouTube, uh, spider Dan 2099 moon girl and devil dinosaur would be crazy. Cool. Like that to me, like as much as I would love to see like that and like in live action. Cause like, I mean, I love devil dinosaur and moon girl. Devil dinosaur was such a great series. That is an animated show through and through. And like, I am like, that is something that I wit like they just, I wish they would put on the fast track for it. Cause I think that there are so many cool ideas and things there that, um, that I know, right. Like, I mean, my kids get, will probably age out of it before, something like that ever shows up but like that's I thought just they are they are developing yeah. a show for disney channel are they yeah are with lauren fishburn's so. like eping it i think they like oh, released yeah. like a couple months ago but it just fell under the radar because everyone was so bombarded with other marvel stuff but yeah they're definitely making like a kids animated show about it which you is are 1000 percent correct and i totally forgot about it and it's coming out next year and i need it now awesome but there's a whole <laughs> thing now of like all these things that we that we've always been like this feels like an animated thing yeah like not as a not as a as a rag, but like this is just such a weird concept. Like you know, like Modok. This is such a this is a great animated thing. But like now with the way the MCU is going, I don't necessarily think that anymore about so many of these things. It's like, well, it, this could be animated and be great, but this could also work in live action with what they've done and like look yeah. cool and feel good and and actually make sense. Well, I think going back to what you were saying earlier about like why does what if need to exist if we also have Loki? It's like I feel like the what if show is going to accomplish something completely different. Of like yep. 
it, it's able to pull off the sense of like end game level spectacle, but on a TV budget and also like mm-hmm. just kind of utilizing the Marvel style of the comics and just utilizing the voice cast without being like, okay, Haley Atwell, you need to get in shape for two years to go be Peggy Carter, mm-hmm. Captain America, or like, okay, um, yeah. Thor, you need to go be like party Thor or whatever. Like they're, they're able to take these weird creative risks without having it have to be a live action thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, 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 and go ahead. I was just going to ask, like, is, is there a function of this that functions like that A-Force uh, scene in Endgame yes. 2, where they're, yeah. they're using and seeding ideas yeah. beforehand to see what people glom on to, and then we can bring it to live action after oh, the fact as well, absolutely. Too. Yeah, I feel like with What If, there is a chance of, like, eventually down the line, we could see, like, a live action Peggy Carter cap or something like that, like, if, if, if that's something people respond to. It's just, like, there's so much multiverse stuff that I feel like it's all going to build to something that people are really going to be uh, impressed by. Yeah. No, I still think there's going to be some point in What If where there is some kind of scene that's live action, just, like, you know, because it's supposed to be canon or technically mm-hmm. can- whatever. Yeah. Like, even if it's just with the watchers or if it's just like one scene in one thing that like it comes out of nowhere and really shocks everybody like this, it does open up to even, you know, more possibilities than Loki potentially yeah, with what they can do there. Um, there is a little bit of uh, breaking ish news uh, to, that we need to talk about. Uh, Evangeline Lilly posted something on Instagram, posted a uh, script from Quantumania, And for some reason tagged Corey Stoll. Hmm. Could we see Yellow Jacket in Ant Man three? Maybe. I mean, did he get splattered? Did he get splattered? I I forget how he died. Yeah, I'm trying to remember how he died. He just shrunk to death and disappeared. Didn't he? Maybe. If we're dealing with the quantum realm, right? That's what I'm saying. Be hiding in the quantum city or something. Let me look it up so that I'm not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I Uh, feel like since like the MCU has a good track record of like, okay, we're doing a trilogy and we're going to make it feel like its own trilogy, even if it's setting up a million other things in the process. So it's like, yeah, just bring him back if you need, like, if you have a story reason to do so, because then you're kind of paying homage to like where Ant Man one started versus like how crazy it has gotten to Ant Man three. Yeah. Well, I think also too, right? Like even, even like closing the loop on that arc. Yeah. Uh, the, like that yellow jacket character, if he went to the quantum, if he's in the quantum war, uh, realm, uh, you know, right now, like uh, if he's able, to, you know, obviously they're going to go back. And so if he's able to find his way out, like he's going to want like either revenge or something. And so yeah. it's a great way to like, like just to, to close that loop and bring that story kind of, kind of full circle. Well, uh, and I feel like we could kind of get the Zemo treatment with him of like whatever people thought were kind of like bland or kind of boring about him. You could really kind of lean into a more fun kind of kooky aspect. Cause I know like Ant-Man one kind of had two different stories. It was telling at the same time because of Edgar Wright at all and so like if you brought him in and kind of said this is your clear direction as the villain I feel like he could kind of be a little bit weirder and wilder the way that Zemo has kind of become yep yeah so I mean look I'm I'm looking at it right now Um, he basically like Scott went subatomic and Mm -hmm. went inside Yellow Jacket's suit and then the suit like crumpled in on itself oh yeah and then like shrunk into dust basically so we don't know if he was like killed when the suit went in and then it but like the suit went into nothing so he could absolutely be in in the quantum realm it's one of those that classic like you well you didn't really see him die yeah so all right well 
Who knows? I guess we'll see. Um, that is going to do it for us today. Thank you guys for uh, joining us on the show today. Thank you, Jenna, Aaron, and Charlie for going through uh, a much easier show. I would say, I think the show flows a lot uh, nicer when, when Brandon is not around to spew his bad ideas and all things like that. Like just, uh, it's a, no, I, I, I'm kidding. We love Brandon. The opening um, for next week is going to be really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think, look, here's, here's one of the, here's one of the greatest things I love. I love about this show. It is, uh, it is obviously you guys, but it's also, it's also the chat. Uh, got a love, got a lot of love for chat, got a lot of love for folks who are in, interacting with us, uh, over at, uh, phase zero CB on Twitter. Uh, those who, you know, just are hitting any of us up on Twitter. Like we totally appreciate it. That's what makes this, uh, incredibly special because we are, uh, you know, we're just, we're building a little, little community here. And that's one of the things that uh, was always the goal. Uh, when we, you know, when we do these things, it's the same for, you know, the other show I do a wild podcast, um, uh, for comic book nation. Uh, this is, you know, everyone, everyone here and everyone at comicbook.com does this because we love it. And, uh, and it's, it's just one of those things to be able to share that passion and just some of the stuff that, that we in the business learn and know, uh, with you guys to help, uh, help you make you guys better fans, uh, more educated fans uh, in, in that sense is, is the goal of this. And I think we're, I think we're doing okay at it. Who knows? Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on any of the all, any and all of the social platforms at Jim Viscardi. You can find Jenna at. Hey, it's Jenna Lynn. Um, I know people in the chat over the weeks have asked if like, I might do a pop tour of like all the Funko stuff that I have, and I might be planning something for that. So follow me on Twitter at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn. If you want to see that happen. So there we go. Boom. Jenna, were, you, were you in the, in the news today? There was. Oh, it wasn't you. There was a, a Guinness, <laughs> the Guinness, Guinness, Guinness World, World Record. World Record. Oh, Over uh-huh. 7,000 pops. No, I'm nowhere near that close. I, I hope to not be because I do like having room for other things that are not Funko Pops. <laughs> like, I love having comics and statues and everything else, but I'm happy with the little collection I have. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Aaron, where can people find you online? Uh, it's at some of the corner on Twitter. And I have word from one Jamie Jurek that she thinks that Sebastian Stan on the shipping thing is amazing and that she misses <laughs> you all. So there you go. That's it. I think uh, part of that, we, we tried to get Jamie on the show uh, this week. Uh, part of that's my fault. Uh, I thought yesterday was Wednesday and it was not. Uh, yesterday was Thursday. And I thought so yesterday even- was Wednesday too. Yeah. And so even when it came to like, is Jenna or Aaron going to be on the show today? I was like, oosh. I didn't even, I, I forgot to mention to them like, Hey, going to need you tomorrow. Uh, but we all, we came together and, uh, Jamie is here with us in spirit. Uh, Brandon, uh, will be back next week, manning the ship. Uh, I'll probably be, uh, harassing him in chat, but until next time, folks, uh, make sure you go, go out and watch Modoc. uh, re- go read some comics and we'll talk to you next week. 